What up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Legit Cool. I'm your host, River Villy, and this is my podcast where I talk, review, recap, and rank movies. If you are new to the channel, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join me and to listen to me talk about movies that you might be looking forward to or movies that you want to hear another perspective, my perspective, I guess, on. And if you are back again after listening to my other episodes, welcome back and I appreciate your time and your efforts in uh, listening to my podcast. Today's episode is going to be on the Netflix special, um, Netflix special, the Netflix movie called The Harder They Fall. Uh, I'm a little bit excited to talk about this. I was really excited to see this movie and after seeing it now, I'm a, there's, there is a little bit of disappointment in this movie, but I think overall it is a very enjoyable time. Uh, before I get into this review, um, I just want to explain for those who are joining me for the first time, explain how these episodes sort of run. First, I will talk about some facts of the movie. So I'll explain the story the cast and crew, you know, the people that, that's involved in bringing this movie to the screen. Um, I'll then start getting into the review itself, and the review is going to be broken down into three parts. The first part is your quote-unquote non-spoiler part. So um, if you want to listen to this episode, you're more than welcome to if you haven't seen the movie. And then by the time I get to the spoiler section, which is the second part, I'll give you a big warning. I'll yell into the microphone and blast your ears <laughs> um giving you a warning that it is spoiler territory so that's the second part of the review and then the last part is whether i would recommend this movie uh what device i think it's probably suitable for that's linked to that recommendation give it an overall rank and sort of some final words about it and i usually do a little bit of a coming soon section to end the episode um, if you have stuck around that long in the episode, <laughs> these, uh, these episodes are sort of running up to about a minute, a minute, no, one hour long so far, or actually all of them have been shy of an hour. I think this one's going to be close to about 40 minutes, probably the shortest one, because I want to try and be a little bit more snappy with some of these movies, especially if I don't highly, um, recommend or if I don't give it a lot of praise. Well, that being said, let me get into this review. Thank you again for joining me today. Um, so let's get started. All right, so this movie, The Harder They Fall, uh, I remember actually seeing the trailer on Netflix and I didn't actually know it was a Netflix special or produced and distributed by Netflix. I was hoping to see this in the movies because the trailer looked awesome. I think the camera work looked look great. Everything looked really crisp. And it was a cast that I really wanted to see on the big screen. But this only ended up being a Netflix thing, being produced by Netflix, obviously. So let me read the synopsis. So according to Rotten Tomatoes, I just like to read from Rotten Tomatoes the synopsis because they have the longest but still concise uh, synopsis. So when outlaw Nat Love, played by Jonathan Majors, he discovers that his enemy Rufus Buck, which is played by Idris Elba, is being released from prison. He rounds up his gang to track Rufus down and seek revenge. 
Those riding with him in this assured, righteously new school western include his former love stagecoach Mary, which is played by Zazie Beetz. His right and left hand man, hot tempered Bill Pickett, played by Eddie Gathigy, I think that's how you pronounce the name. And fast drawing Jim Buckworth, played by RJ Kyler. And a surprising adversary turned ally. Turned ally. Ally? Turned ally. Rufus Buck and his own fearsome crew, including Treacherous, Trudy Smith, played by Regina King, and Cherokee Bill, played by Lakia Stanfield. And they are not a group. What? <laughs> and they are not a group that knows how to lose a sorry, I forgot to go show more. And they are not a group that knows how to lose. Okay, so um let me explain the cast in this movie jonathan majors plays Lo uh, net love who i think is great in this movie by the way zazzy beats plays his love interest stagecoach mary uh we've got dowry lindo uh play he plays a character called bass reeves who is the sheriff i believe if i'm remembering correctly uh lakia stanfield great in this movie as well uh danielle did wyla eddie Gath Gathigy, RJ Kyler, Damon Wayans Jr., he's in this, surprisingly. I actually didn't even see him in the trailer. Um, I was really surprised to see him on screen. I was waiting for the rest of his brothers to show up. We also got Dion Cole. We have Regina King, Idris Elba. That's the main cast. There are actually quite a lot of actors in this. Uh, quite a lot. But that's, I guess, your main cast. Uh, directed by a guy called jamie's jamie's samuel who i'm not fully familiar with his work um but let me just jump into rdb really quick and see some past work so the the movie that he directed previously to this was actually 2013 quite a long time ago oh apart from the short that he did which is called the jay-z legacy i don't think that's actually about jay-z himself <laughs> Um, but before that, his major movie was They Die by Dawn, which is also another kind of Western action satire. Satire is probably not the best way to describe it. It kind of feels like a satire. It's kind of like the same as this, the movie, this movie, The Heart of the Four, feels a little bit like a Western action satire, but in a good way, not in sort of a mockery way. All right, so yeah, this, um, let me get into spoiler free part i really enjoyed this i really really enjoyed this uh the opening scene is a really it's a great bait actually um i'll say that in a positive way like i don't say it in a sort of bait and switch way where like it switches to be something a little bit disappointing the movie isn't perfect but it's very enjoyable especially the way they open this up um they don't, the director doesn't hold back uh, when, in the opening sequence, it's um, you're you're dished up everything that this movie is going to bring, and that's a lot of um, <laughs> it's a lot of classic Western action. That's very stylistic. Um, doesn't hold back on the on the violence. Um, doesn't hold back on the blood and gore, and not like it's a sadistic action movie, but it doesn't hold back one. And the opening sequence really laid the groundwork for what we're going to be seeing throughout the um, just over two hour runtime. And I'll say that the 
the the best part about this movie is the cast. Uh, Jonathan Majors, he's he's one talented dude, and I actually can't wait to see him as Kang the Conqueror in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's gonna be great, and he's so talented. And the character that he plays in this, it's um, he does a great performance, not to a point where he has to carry the movie because all the characters do their part for sure. Um, the way all the characters are written, they do their part to serve the story um, for the most part. But he has this kind of presence on screen where it's hard to take your eyes off. He, it's it's quite it's quite mesmerizing the way he holds a character or the way he um, characterizes the character. <laughs> Did that even make sense? Characterize the character. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's great, and he plays the anchor in this movie. You know, he's he has a backstory that we see from the beginning, just before the opening credits. Actually, the the whole scene that sets up the story for the whole movie it's it's all before the credits actually there's there is an opening credit crawl um that's very classic and plays homage to some western movies um uh, his backstory is very interesting it's it's sort of a um a traumatized kid from a somewhat dysfunctional not not a dysfunctional family but a a very closeted dis- dysfunctional family if, if uh, that makes sense and I don't want to spoil it too much because is it a spoiler no it's not too much of a spoiler I won't say it anyway <laughs> the, the opening scene paints a picture of what his character is and what his character is going to be in the future and how he sort of starts to live a life of um vengeance and a life of uh some sense of self-centeredness or um a, a sense of selfishness towards his ultimate goal or his ultimate purpose in life which is displayed throughout the whole story so yeah he's great in this he he does a really good job at showing that trauma but also showing that he can trauma is not going to be a crutch physically in his life but it does play a part in his uh let's say mental paralyzation paralyzation am, am i just making up a word here what i'm trying to say is like he's he's mentally parad- uh, paralyzed <laughs> paralyzation he's mentally paralyzed from the stuff that had happened in his past when he was a kid okay so that sits up the movie pretty well and we're introduced to some cool opening sequences is sort of about two three maybe four sequences that are back to back right off the back of the introduction right off the back of the opening and and this is when we get introduced to some other characters that play key roles in the two gangs and those two gangs i don't know if i actually read that in the synopsis but um at the center of the story it's other than the fact that jonathan major's character net love is trying to get revenge on idris alba's character um uh, aside from that it's actually two gangs who represent that love and rufus buck and those two gangs they play a critical role in how the story is going to unfold especially when we get into the end of the second act and beginning of the third act um, and the characters involved in these gangs are very quintessential to bringing this very stylistic western um western shoot 'em up type 
uh, vengeance story that's paying homage to old Western movies while also bringing it to the modern day. I think what I really appreciated about this was the director takes a massive attempt at having a juxtaposition of um, old and new. And so, and the, the, the new part, or sort of the modern twist to this whole thing, is that they use modern music, modern filming techniques, also using old filming techniques as well. It's really cool how they shape up some of the shots with the camera work. It's definitely, like, you recognize it. If, you've, if anybody has seen any old westerns, uh, there are some camera shots where you're like, wow, that's definitely, um, I don't know, that's definitely like a shot that's similar in uh, Good, Bad and the Ugly or something like that. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, the director does a great job at juxtaposing that whole um, past, present and future combination to bring us something that's quite fresh, while even though they're wearing old material, with a very well-worn genre, that sort of Western shoot-em-up genre, um, and bringing some new takes. And I think this movie attempts a lot at um, displaying or demonstrating some fresh talent. And some of that fresh talent is, uh, for example, RJ Kyler. Man, I really like this kid. This kid's super young. I think he's only 25 years old. And um, it took me a while to to figure out where where did I first see this kid, RJ Kyler. Um, and then it um, it snapped on me. I was like, oh, this is the kid that's in the new Power Rangers movie. The Power Rangers movie, which I, I mean, it's not a great movie. It's it's debatable whether it's better than the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers that came out in 97. <laughs> uh, yes, I did say that, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I do, I, I do love that movie. I grew up in the 90s, so Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 97 has a special place in my heart, so you can hate me for it, whatever. But um, yeah, anyway, so RJ Kyler plays Billy the Black Ranger in the reboot of Power Rangers, and that's where I remember seeing it. And he plays the fast-drawing Jim Buckworth, who is a part of NetLove's gang. And so Jim Buckworth is supposed to be this... Like, like how they describe him, fast drawing. He's supposed to be the fastest at doing that standoff, fast draw thing in those westerns. And he's he's delightful, you know, he's charismatic, he's, he's likable, laughable, and he doesn't take his character too seriously, which is great. Um, awesome performance, and I wanted to see more of him, but we don't get a lot of screen time with him, or as, not as much as I would like to. I, I think that goes for most of the characters in this, like a lot of them have very, they have very short comings with uh, their screen time that they're given. Uh, I think it's because there's so many characters that they attempt to introduce and it's not like they're deliberately underdeveloping these characters in the sense of how we're trying to understand their part in this movie. We definitely understand what their part is in the story and how it how they contribute to the story it's not really wasted but there's so many actors and so many characters in this that you you sometimes wish that maybe if they downplayed or uh how do i put this um underwrote underwrote <laughs> maybe if they wrote the characters less interesting is, was what i'm trying to say then we probably wouldn't feel 
um, as attached as I felt in some of the characters. Um, just because I think the presence that they bring to this is great and I wanted to see more of it. But unfortunately we don't really see a lot of it. Um, what I think really works in this movie as well is the chemistry across all the cast members. I think their chemistry is very believable. Um, you can tell that there's they've got years and they've got um, yeah they've got years behind their relationships. They're they're very comfortable. They're, they don't feel offbeat at any part of the movie. And although I do want to say that the love relationship between Nat Love and stagecoach Mary played by Zazie Beetz, so you know Jonathan Majors and Zazie Beetz, their relationship it's kind of meh like i wasn't too convinced um on their love relationship i think it's because the way their scenes are written together so a part of me wants to say that it was kind of deliberate because we don't want to take the focus away too much on the hurting or let's say the traumatic side of jonathan majors's character um zazie beats like stagecoach mary i think she's got a rich background that we get a little bit of a glimpse in but we don't we don't get it fully exposed um which is probably a missed opportunity because it probably would have helped with how two torn backgrounds come together and share some kind of unity or you know the, like between the the rough and the rubble they find love because they draw parallels with each other i, I don't know something like that I just wasn't too convinced by their characters being a, a love interest. Um, Idris Elba, who plays the antagonist in this, he's pretty damn good. For a character who doesn't say much, he definitely brings a lot of presence. And the presence as kind of the villain of the story, it's not supposed to be a very menacing, even though I said he's menacing, <laughs> it's not supposed to be a overly evil guy like how you would see an evil person such as like the joker in the dark knight or something he's not supposed to be someone like that he's he's just supposed to be this menacing guy who has created a lot of horror towards a lot of families and communities and people in the past um and how that has sort of carried into his future post uh prison escape that's not a spoiler, by the way. He, you see it in the trailer how he escapes prison from his gang. Um, so he, he manages to actually um, bring presence when he's on screen and he doesn't say much. He doesn't have a lot of dialogue. He doesn't have a huge script or a screenwrite to his character. Um, he does an amazing job at just bringing this... Uh, sense of fearful presence when he's on screen he just stands he's got this look he's got this turn he's got this posture to him that really tells us okay this guy means he means business this guy isn't messing around and i think he'd done a great job um, the fact that they didn't write many lines for him and still create that kind of presence on screen showed that you know this guy idris alba i mean i guess everybody knows idris alba is an extraordinarily talented actor um, the only downside to his character is that because <clears throat> because he doesn't say much and he's supposed to bring some physical presence to the screen, 
and also a bit of threat to the story or sort of pinning himself as the antagonist. The only downside to that is that when he's not on screen, I just forgot that he was in the story <laughs> because the story is heavily focused on... Um, okay, so in a, in a weird way, the story is heavily focused on how the characters are mingling with each other throughout scene to scene. Um, there is a little bit of a reminder that they're ultimately trying to do things in order to get on track to get their vengeance back. Once they find out that Rufus, but Idris Elba's character, has been freed from, not freed, but escaped prison, the story then becomes about, okay, Nat Love now has to get revenge from, um, get, re get his revenge on Rufus Buck. But um, there's so many... But the bulk of the scenes in, in Act 2 is really all about them doing things other than serving that purpose. And then because of that, we were distracted from what's really what really is the story, which is about the revenge. And and in turn, we just forget that Idris Elba is the villain of this of this movie. They do jump back to it from time to time, but I think it kind of um, all these scenes that just unfold in front of us that is just really them going from town to town, doing different things such as like robbing banks and creating violence across different parts of the town to just to bring some, I don't know, fearful presence. I can't remember exactly why they go to different towns and rob banks and stuff like that. Um, that's probably like a bit that I uh, kind of forgot because that's when I was pulled out of the movie a little bit because it, it sidetracked to other sort of subplots of the movie um yeah so there's there's a lot of these things that happen in the bulk of act two that just sends its attention away from the main story which i don't know if that's you know that, that in a way that just hurts the story more than it serves the story so that was a little bit disappointing um uh who else like who else is really good in this movie Regina King, so she plays Treacherous Trudy Smith. Regina King is, I want to see her in more movies. I, I don't think I've seen her in many things, but she's she's got a talent and she's just really awesome to see on screen. Um, she does a great job at being kind of the single female in her gang and she holds her own. She doesn't, they don't portray her character to be someone that relies on strong male figures around her. She's just a character that holds her own and sometimes takes that leadership role within the gang and really gives us the impression that no one can mess with her, even though she's a woman in a time where a lot of women was probably disrespected. Um, which, yeah, it's just really awesome to see what she does. In this. She's she's great and I want to see her in more, in more movies. Uh, Cherokee Bill, played by Lakeith Stanfield. I think he's great. Um, and we do get to learn a lot about his character, which is awesome. Um, yeah, I think everyone just does their part. Everyone does their part very, very well. Um, but I will say that the um, from start to finish, the movie feels like just a series of vignettes that would have worked maybe as um, a TV series with a bunch of different episodes that eventually reached its climax by the finale, which is about how the vengeance or the revenge on Rufus Buck unfolds, but there is a little bit of a, a surprise or there's a little bit of a, um, 
yeah, there's it's actually spoiler territory, but yeah, there's a bit of a surprise that kind of makes you turn your head a little bit and it reveals like another layer to the character of Jonathan Majors and also Idris Elba's character, which is great. It was a nice little surprise at the end. I just wish that was um, seeded at either at the beginning or halfway through the movie because it probably would have kept the story alive a bit more. Um, yeah, I think overall it's it could have done well as a series of vignettes as opposed to one big movie. So I feel like with all the great things that happened in this, everything from its stylistic visuals to its action sequences to its um, uh, no shits given violence and, and gore with the blood and guts and uh, the heavy, heavy impact of fight sequences. I think for all that they're trying to demonstrate, um, I feel like I should have liked or loved the movie a bit more. Um, so again, another one of those movies where they have all the ingredients, but the construction of those ingredients didn't quite plan out to be something that I thought would have been far more enjoyable than how I felt by the end of it. Um, so that's my spoiler-free review. I'm just going to get into some spoilers now, so heavy spoiler warning. Um, I'm actually not going to go too much in to this area because it's not a lot to spoil from this but there are a couple of sequences that I want to talk about here so this is your spoiler warning if you want to come back and listen to this after you've seen the movie then feel free to pause it and then come back to this episode all right so let me get into spoilers uh biggest spoiler in this is Nat Love ends up being a character that's related to Rufus Buck funny enough now, the thing that I was unsure about this was the way that the dialogue between Nat Love and Rufus Buck was unfolding. I wasn't sure if he was speaking <laughs> metaphorically or if he was being literal. And I, and I think by the end of that whole dialogue sequence, I was like, okay, I think he's actually being real about this. This is why there's real tears coming from Jonathan Majors and there's real tears coming from uh, Idris Elba. This is a great scene. And the way that they act against each other is awesome, awesome screenplay and awesome performances by the both of them. And it, I was kind of conflicted watching this because like just in this particular scene, I felt that <laughs> this, this was kind of a missed opportunity to have both Majors and Alba in a scene together where the dialogue is powerful there's weight behind the dialogue. There's, I'm convinced by how they're exchanging the dialogue between each other. I, I just wish that we had seen more of this throughout the whole thing. That was a little bit disappointing, but equally satisfying. It's, it's a weird conflict. It's uh, like these guys are powerhouse performers, they're powerhouse actors, and um what turns out to be the characters related to each other um i felt like this could have been a story the, the whole story could have been far more elevated if they had given us a hint to what that could have been in the beginning or at least like sow some seeds throughout first and second act that's going to lead up to that moment because because by the time we get to that moment i'm like oh that's right he's <laughs> like even the action sequence before they engage eye to eye in, in person once you sort of coming to the crescendo of um, the uh, 
Revenge Road, once you come to that crescendo, you're like, oh, that's right. Um, the whole movie was about Nat Love getting revenge on Rufus Buck. I mean, you, you kind of still know that it's there, but the action, the action shoot 'em up scene right before that happens, and you, you know that the scene I'm talking about, like the, the scene is long. It's like, I don't know, it felt like 10 or 15 minutes long. It felt like an entire act. Like, <laughs> I know it wasn't the entire act three, but it felt like it was act three because it was it was long. There was a lot of um, there was like there was a lot of like one on one engagements, which was a payoff to how some of these particular characters had beef with another character uh, on the opposite um, gang. You know, so it was it was cool to see the one on ones, and I liked seeing um, you know treacherous Trudy Smith played by Regina King uh, take on uh, Zazie Beetz's character loves uh, loves love us love love stagecoach. I like the fact that they pay that off by because they, they they share B throughout the whole movie and it's it's kind of cool because they're the only respected woman in their own gangs. Um, you know that this was going to lead to some kind of um, massive fight between the two of them and they pay that off well and it's a very good one on one fight scene at the end. I, I think it's actually one of my favorite parts of the movie. They've done that really well, but. You know, and, and we're seeing a lot of these one-on-one situations or or 2v3s or a two-on-two, whatever. We see a lot of these, and especially with Major's character, like he's involved in quite a few of these. Um, we're then led into that scene with Rufus Buck. And by the way, you know, Rufus Buck, Idris Alba, he does nothing this entire scene. All he does is just sit in the mayor's house, which is, I guess, now his house. All he does is just sit in there. And he literally does nothing. It's kind of a waste to have him on screen. And the camera attempts to look at him from time to time. But I don't understand. And and you probably you probably know this more than I do. But I don't understand why he just sat in the in the house. I know he's trying to be that kind of classic antagonist villain. Who, um, by the way, you 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 pass all my henchmen, or you pass all my all the members of my gang, and then eventually you get to the big boss, me. Um, I guess that's what they're trying to do, but I just wasn't convinced. I was like, really? You're just going to waste a very talented actor by just letting him sit in the, in the house? Maybe you could have wrote his his character to uh, integrate into that scene somehow. Um, so it's, it's kind of underwhelming when we're... The whole scene is leading up to the moment when Majors and Idris Elba bite heads. It's, it's kind of a waste because it gets to that moment where you're like, oh, that's right. It was supposed to be a climax to this point. And the only really good thing that happens at that point is the dialogue between each other. And that's when we get the stories. Um, that's when we get the story about both their characters and how they're related and that unfolds. And that whole revelation is really cool because it's talking about how he is carrying on the legacy of his father. You know, his father was this warlord or this gang lord who... Um, made a lot of lives, communities, families, and towns miserable because that's the life that he led. And unfortunately, his son fell victim to that whole thing. And then his son just becomes a, um, he just becomes his father. Um, and that's what Rufus Buck is trying to tell him is that you're just becoming your father. And then that whole thing kind of unfolds and it's like, oh, okay, that's a great scene. And emotionally invested and i was kind of invested in that scene too you know that was when the the gears for drama kicked up a little bit because there is drama 
were woven throughout the whole movie, which is great. I think they did a good job at balancing, at a balancing it between action, drama, and stylistic、um, camera work. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, just like the scene feels a little.、Um, How to put it? I guess the scene just feels.、Um, what's that word I'm trying to think of? <laughs> Someone help me out here.、Um, yeah, it, it just feels like it's a waste. The scene, you know, it's 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 unfortunate because it's a great scene between them two, and I credit them for their performances, and it was nice to see that. So yeah, that's that's kind of how it ends. He goes off into the sunset with his、um, his true love, love coach, love coach, love stage coach Mary, who's as he beats.、Um, and that's kind of the end of the movie. It's a cool little end, but it's a it's a little underwhelming. I think is like everything. And and the only thing, like I said before, the only thing that really carries this movie is the characters, the performances. But for everybody, it's awesome, and it's great to see fresh talent. It's great to see some fresh faces on screen. Showing the world what they're capable of, and hopefully we get to see more of them. I want to see this guy James Samuel, who's the director and producer and screenwriter. He's also a, a musician. He's like, is he, yeah, he's a musician. So he done the score or he done the music for this movie. This guy's uber talented. I want to see him do more. I love his directing style, and it's just nice to see a western film that is still. Still、um, in its era, but、um, has a modern twist through its stylistic filmmaking and its screenwriting and its dialogue. So awesome to see, and I, I want to see more of him. And I definitely want to see this guy R.J. Kyler in something. Be good, maybe to see him in a Marvel movie. I guess everybody wants to see their favorite actors in a Marvel movie. <laughs>、um, so、uh, the rating that I'll give this movie, I'll probably give it a. Eight out of ten, yeah. I'll give it an eight out of ten. It's good. It's enjoyable.、Um, I liked it a lot. No, I'm gonna say I loved it. <laughs> I might change my mind on this if I watch it again. I think I'll definitely watch this again. I would highly recommend that people watch this. There's only one place that you can watch this, so I can't say I'd recommend going to the cinema to watch this.、Um, but if it wasn't cinema, I'd say yes, go to the big silver screen and watch it on the big screen. But It's only on Netflix, so try and go to your friend's place or anybody that you know that has a very big screen. And、um, yeah, I highly rate it. Eight out of ten, very enjoyable, fun, and leaves you with a positive and optimistic view on shoot 'em up westerns. And hopefully, this paints the picture or just lays the groundwork for future awesome, stylistic, fun western shoot 'em ups. That brings me to the end of the episode.、Um, please be sure. <laughs> please be sure.、Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna review a lot more movies leading up to the end of the year. The biggest one, like I said before, is gonna be Spider Man. I am seeing Venom this week, so I will also drop a review for that straight after that showing. We're going to the opening night, I think, on Wednesday.、Um, so that should be a nice review. And then after that.、Um, Yes, Spider Man. We've got Matrix that's coming out later.、Uh, we also got the Hawkeye TV series, which I will do review on each episode. They'll be very snappy. They'll probably only be about fifteen minute reviews because they're episodes, and I don't want to drag on for each episode.、Um, and it's also because I'm an MCU fan. So be sure to 
stay in touch with my social media updates i'm on instagram i'm on facebook instagram tag is at legit cool podcasts and on my facebook it is legit cool hyphen movies and sometimes tv series reviews it's pretty long <laughs> i think if you just type in legit cool on facebook you'll be able to find it um but thank you so much for joining me in this episode make sure you hit me up with a follow send me a like and comment below on this episode on those posts to tell me your thoughts on what you thought about the movie as well and i will catch you in the next episode thanks everyone bye